I would like you to look at this word uh, and speak about weakness tonight. So, uh, weakness, and we read it in Hebrews 5 regarding Christ. Was Christ uh, weak? In which way was he weak? And this word, infirmity, Hebrews 5 and verse 2. So, Lord Jesus, we pray you would minister to our hearts tonight because um, we, want, we want to understand that you understand us, that you know we, you, we are, you pity us like a father, his, his children, and you know our frame, that we are dust in Psalm 103. So bless this message tonight. Amen. Hebrews 5, verse 2. Uh, bear with me. Follow this with me. It takes a little bit of work to get to where we, what we want to say. Hebrews 5. Who can have for compassion. This is Christ, the high priest. Verse 1. Every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer gifts and sacrifices for Sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant. So Christ is our high priest who can have compassion on the ignorant. I think that word, we need to write it down because it relates to uh, us, ignorant. And then, then it says, and on them there that are out of the way, and for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Now, this word is our, our key word here, infirmity. It's also translated weakness. He's compassed with weakness or infirmity. This same word is used for you and I in regards to prayer in Romans 8, which is our primary text for tonight. Romans Chapter 8. It's great to learn the Bible, isn't it? Beautiful. Learning the Bible, learning little by little, message by message, thought by thought, verse by verse, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. That's how you learn the Bible, like being in the church to hear a little and there a little and bit by bit. We are being taught by the Spirit of God. Now, this is Romans eight, twenty-six and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. It's the same word. Look up at the screen here. The same thing. Jesus was compassed with infirmity, and it is singular. This one is plural, but it's actually singular uh, from what I what what. I would, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says in his teaching that the Spirit helps our infirmity in one word, one, one infirmity or our weakness, and we need help. Because we are somewhere between being lost, we got saved, and being 
perfected, glorified. We're not yet glorified. So we are in our humanity. And when Christ was here, he also was in a human body with also weakness and infirmity. But it's not sin. So this is a key teaching, very important. If you have infirmity, and we have because we are not yet glorified, this word can lead us to sin. Well, what do you mean? My confusion, this word infirmity, it can mean is weakness. And from there, you understand that you can have tiredness. Here are some words that we could use. Tiredness, um, disease. By the way, uh, Pat Weiskopf had brain surgery today for a tumor and uh, she's in recovery in the ICU, so let's have a prayer for her right now. Lord, Pastor Harry, Pat, they're great friends, precious people, heroes of the faith, precious people. Would you heal her, restore her health? Thank you for the surgeons today, for the operation the immediacy and urgency of that operation. In your blessing, please, heal her in Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Okay. Let's think of this now in this text. Chapter 8, verse 26. The Spirit likewise... The Spirit, that's a contextual word, likewise the Spirit. So what is the Spirit doing in this chapter? And we read great words about the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit of God in Romans 8. Romans 8 is a fantastic chapter about the Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit ministry to us? It's basically giving us assurance of our salvation, that we actually are to know with a lot of confidence that the God, God has sent the Spirit into our hearts. He has sent the Spirit into our spirit, the human spirit. We have received the Spirit of God and the law of the Spirit of life, chapter 8, verse 2 has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's one thing in this chapter 8 where you can see that the Spirit has a ministry to you in this life with our weakness, but the Spirit sets us free and teaches us. Chapter 8 and verse uh, 6 For to be carnally minded is death, and that is uh, one way that we can go as a believer. I can, with my weakness, watch this, we have my weakness or my infirmity can go a different way. It can go to discouragement. It is discouragement. We can put here discouragement, and it can go to something deeper, Discouragement can lead me to unbelief. 
I am so discouraged, I don't believe. I, I don't believe God is for me. I, I'm so hurt, discouraged. I'm confused, perplexed. Per, I'll put here perplexity, perplexity for my weakness. So look at the verse, please. Romans 8, verse um, 26 and 27. Let's read them. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. I don't know what to pray for. I'm, I, I am uh, confused. I don't know what to pray for. I, I don't know how to think about it. I, I don't know how to think. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, discouraged, confused. I'm weak. I'm infirm. The infirmity can lead us to this loneliness, this discouragement. And, and so the Holy Spirit is in your life because you don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I, I, honestly, there are. And, and we read in the Bible, the weakness can also lead me to God. And that's the, of course, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and my life. We don't have any answers to prayer. I'm I'm weak. I am tired. I've been discouraged. People talk to me. I feel beat up. I don't know how to pray. I don't. I I am I am in a state where, so the Holy Spirit is in your life. And he, he, it's written here that we don't know what to pray. Let's read it. Chapter 8, verse 26. For we know not what we should pray as we ought. Now this raises some like interesting thought in regards to our meditation and prayer. Is there anybody in the Bible that you can think of where they prayed a prayer? They thought they had the prayer right, but God said, no, you don't have it right. Let me repeat. Is there anybody in the Bible that you can think of where they said a prayer and they believed that this prayer was the right prayer to pray, but God said, no, it's not that way. He disagreed with them. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 3. Moses prayed that he would enter the promised land. And he was sure. He was confident. He was a man of prayer. He was a great man. Deuteronomy 3, 20-23. And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness, your mighty hands. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to your works, according to your might? So he is sure about God. They came out of Egypt. He saw manna come. He saw their shoes did not wear out. He is believing with God. He is believing God with all his heart, not a question. I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain in Lebanon. 
Is that a good prayer? Great prayer. Let me go over. He prayed, but he was wrong. Look at verse 26. But the Lord was wroth with him, with me, for your sakes. He was wroth with me, Moses. He was wroth. God was angry with me, Moses, for your sakes, and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. What is the point? I don't know what to pray, even though sometimes I pray, and I could be quite sure about it in my own mind, but this whole thing about prayer is something spiritual. It is, and it's powerful. Praying in his will. Another one that, that you can pick, take note of, I'll just make the short list here, Moses and uh, Paul. Paul had a thorn in his side, and he just didn't believe that was God's will. He prayed three times, take the thorn away. How did God answer? My grace is sufficient. You're going to have the thorn. That's my will. I don't know what to pray as I ought. And to be honest, sometimes it's because of my weakness. Because I think, actually, to be honest, I think I know what is God's will. And I sometimes, like, have it in my mind. And to be honest, well, it's true. I do know because we do know because he tells us sometimes very clearly, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Their laborers will go out in the field. We are sure that's his will. But, you know, when somebody says, pray for me that I would be healed, or pray for me to get this job, or pray to me, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, but I'm saying that it's written in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit is the one in our weakness that's going to help us. And we have three, two words here. Let's go back to Romans um, 8, 26. For the Spirit, for we know not what we should pray as we are, but the Spirit makes intercession for us. For the Spirit helps, the two words there, help and the word intercession. Now the word help in our Bible is seen with Martha and Mary, when Martha was doing many things in the house and preparing and working, she said to Jesus, tell my sister to help me. It's the same word, that we need help. Like Martha said, help my sister to tell, tell Jesus, help, tell, tell my sister to help me. I need help, like to come alongside and take an end of the, the plank or to help me move the table or help me make the food or to help me, that the Spirit helps us. But remember, this isn't in the flesh. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that is sent into the world to help us. Why? Because he knows we are weak. What do you mean? I have a disease or I'm discouraged or I don't, I don't have a lot of strength. I don't have a lot of faith. I don't have a lot of hope. So 
I want to believe, and we, this is the point of the text here, I'd like to believe that the Spirit is sent not only to give the, you the assurance of salvation and freedom and liberty in your heart, but also when you don't feel anything, when you are a bit confused, when you may be a bit disappointed, that's called infirmity, and it's not sin. It's our humanity. And what, what we can do is wait on God. I love this. He makes intercession, and our role is to wait on God. One of the most amazing biblical teachings I can think of that have helped me a lot, waiting on God. I don't have the answer, but God does. I don't know what to pray, but God can help me. He helps me, this word here, help me and makes intercession for us. He helps us and makes intercession for us. So, um, with groanings which cannot be uttered, there's a couple different ways of thinking about the groaning. These are groanings of the spirit, or are they groanings of my weakness? Uh, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says, it is the groanings of my weakness. It's the groaning in a disease, or groaning in your sorrow, or groaning in your humanity because of uh, failure or some disappointment. A groaning, but the spirit is is sent into our hearts so that we would have uh, the Spirit intercessing, uh, interceding, the Spirit giving us words. Martin Lloyd-Jones says it's like he's an advocate. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. And the way he described it was like you're, you have a charge against you, like in a court, a court case, and there's a charge against you, and your attorney takes you into a room, and he's helping you in the court case. And he will tell you how to answer. He will say, if they ask you this question, how will you answer? Let me help you. This is how you answer. And then after you answer, and they are making these charges against you, this is what you say. So it's the Holy Spirit is instructing you and leading you so that uh, in your groanings and in your weakness and in your frailty, the Spirit is your advocate, and he helps you. So that then you, with this uh, faith and mind, you are able to be, the Holy Spirit can speak through you so that when you are in the courtroom, and, and the, the activity is going on, you, the Holy Spirit is helping you, interceding on your behalf. And I think we've all, many of us, maybe all of us, have experienced how I should be discouraged, but somehow I, I come alive and the Spirit speaks. Or I could be hurt very badly and discouraged and withdraw and just live in my flesh. 
but uh, I, I might do that for a while. But I just turn to God, wait on God, and the Lord renew my strength. Give me the words of God, these are the Bible, for it is God that works in you both to will and do his good pleasure. And so this is another aspect of prayer, is that he is interceding, and you are actually saying the words. I had a very interesting, many years ago, I had a, a, something bothered me in the ministry. I was worked up about it. There's something troubling me, and I, w- I was um, uh, definitely not in a good place, not in a good place. But God was faithful to me because uh, I was asked to share something. And I had, like, my weakness or my infirmity, and then when I, when I was asked to share something publicly, and out of me came something totally different from where I was really at. Like, what came out of my heart, what out of my mouth was the Holy Spirit. I was shocked myself. I should have been a miserable, complaining, accusatory individual, but it didn't happen. And I, w- I was surprised by the, by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Our infirmity isn't sin, but our infirmity can lead us to sin. But if we could wait on God with our infirmity, yeah, we are promised that the Holy Spirit will make intercession for us. He will help us in it and in the body of Christ. Like just to be in the body, to be submitted to God in the body, it's a healing. It's a blessing. And out of your heart, out of your mouth, out of your singing, you can come in here very tired and leave very edified. Because it is the Holy Spirit that makes intercession for us and helps us. Okay, turn, the last part is verse 27. And he that searches the hearts, I want to um, go to a Psalm 106 and point something out to you. Psalm 106. If you later tonight or tomorrow, whenever you can, read the Psalm 106, it's amazing how bad it is. How bad it is. How bad this history of the the Jewish people and uh, just how they just went. They did in chapter 106. I'll draw your attention to a couple I think I have 10 things that they did. They understood not, in verse 7, they remembered not the multitude of the mercies. So why? Why did the Jewish people, they came out of Egypt, but they didn't understand, and they also didn't remember. Then go to verse 13. Uh, They soon forgot his works. Verse 14, they lusted exceedingly. They tempted God. Verse 14, God gave them their request. See, they had a prayer. They wanted meat. 
but he sent leanness into their soul. They prayed the wrong prayer. They envied Moses, verse 16. Um, Then down to verse 20. They changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eats grass. So they should have worshipped God. Instead, they turned to a golden calf. They forgot God, their Savior. Verse 24, they despised the pleasant land. Verse 25, they murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. I think that's 11 points right there. I went, went through, I went, yeah, we can leave it at that. So what, what's the point? When you are tired, when you are disappointed, when you have infirmity and weakness, easily you forget God, you envy, you have a lot of complaining, you have another God, and so on. That's the idea. Uh, just simply don't let that happen to you. Because God is with you. And have the other one happen, this one, where, where you go, um, here's my infirmity. And just stop uh, with the weakness and know that Jesus was weak. But he never sinned. That Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. We have this trouble, and we just decide to wait on God and pray that, and just believe that the Spirit will pray within me. Prayer praying within me, the Spirit is praying, interceding. I am hearing. The greatest thing in your life is to hear God and for God to hear you. God hear you. This is the greatest thing in, in the world. Yeah, you could hear God. In your infirmity, the thorn in your flesh, and you pray to God, and the Lord said, no, this is it, this is my will, but my grace is sufficient. And you just say, that's like the Holy Spirit in the lawyer's room saying, listen, I'm here. I will be praying for you. I will lead you in what to pray for. It's not the flesh. It's me. I'm going to lead you in prayer. I'm going to make intercession through you, and you're going to cry, Abba, Father, by me. I am the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to make you, I'm going to have you cry out, Abba, Father, Father, Father. And you will know him. You will know God. And this is a whole area of prayer that... uh we have to understand as believers. And I believe we, you do. I believe you do. And we are learning it. So uh, let's wrap, wrap this up. Verse 27. I think I'm, it's helping you. I, I hope so. It's beautiful. Chapter 8, verse 27. And he that searches the hearts. And the Lord says, I know you are weak and infirm. Can you trust me? No, I can't take it anymore. can't take it anymore. Then you just tell God that, like in the Psalms. I can't take it anymore. I don't understand it. I'm upset and everything. And the Lord said, just have a sandwich and take a nap. (laughs) And, you know, trust me. I'm not against you. I am for you. I will help you. I will intercede for you. 
I will, I will be praying through you the prayers that I have, because you don't know what to pray. You just start praying, take it away, take it away, or change that whole thing, or give me more money, or uh, change my housing, or change my family, or change my, you know, you're just there crying and yelling and screaming about it to God. It's not prayer. That's not, that's, that's like wailing. I'm not saying you can't do it. You can, but get a grip and kind of get serious and realize you're talking to God and get humble before God and stop it and just get quiet before God and wait on God and believe that he has an answer for me. We walk not by sight, we walk by faith and get quiet before God like in the book of Job. And then what happens? But he makes the intercession and he helps us. Okay, verse 27. And he that searches the hearts, he knows our hearts. He knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay. Beautiful. Um, That's it, I think. Let's see. We... There was a prayer that Paul prayed in Philippians. And he said, to leave or to stay, I am betwixt two. To leave, I'd rather go to heaven. He'd already been there. He'd he'd been in heaven. He'd seen it, 2 Corinthians 12. And he said, to leave, I, I I would love it. I'd love to leave. But I'm between two, to go or to stay. And God has shown me that I need to stay here. What kind of prayer was that? That was was God. That was God persuading us, convincing Paul. That was God showing Paul to stay. Wow. Sometimes we pray just for what we want, but this prayer is different. And we, Lord, want you to lead us in your will and to pray the prayers that really count. That means something in your heart and to do your will while we are on the earth in our infirmity. Yes, Lord. There are so many brothers and sisters who have sickness and They would love for the sickness to go. And please lead us, Lord, in those prayers. Lord, of course, nobody wants anybody to suffer. But sometimes we don't know your will. And we we ask you to, just as the Holy Spirit gives us liberty and leads us, gives us your mind, so the Holy Spirit could have us pray the prayers that you want us to pray. 
and to be led in your will. Yes, Lord, and lead us in a real prayer life that really moves things and is answered and comes from you. Put ourselves aside and intercede for others and to walk with you and wait on you. In Jesus' name, amen.